These are the facts. The world is in trouble, but we're going to straighten it out. We are going to build the wall, okay? Don't worry. America first. Together, we will make America great again. That's what I do. I fix things. We're going to straighten it out. Well, it's time now for Unprecedented, our weekly look at the White House. And it seems as the weeks go by, there's actually more to look at rather than less. I was worried about the life of this kind of thing. But it is creating, of course, a life of its own uh, because of the man who inhabits the White House. And I've got somebody whose every waking moment is filled at looking at that building and its inhabitants. Our expert, Adrian Collins. Adrian, welcome to the programme. Thanks very much, George. Today's a huge day. Yeah, and even by Donald Trump's own standards, it's been a very interesting 24 hours in the White House and in Washington. Uh, James Comey, the FBI director, is a name that we've spoken an awful lot about on this podcast in the, since we started it uh, a couple of months ago. And that's part of the reason that yesterday Donald Trump took the decision to fire him off the recommendation of his attorney general, Jeff Sessions and his Deputy Attorney General, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who was actually only just appointed two weeks ago. So there were a lot of questions almost immediately. I mean, people started referring to this as a Nixonian move to fire the person who's leading the investigation into the connections between the Trump camp and Russia. And that's not technically true. Even the uh, Richard Nixon Library official Twitter account had a little bit of fun at Trump's expense and tweeted out that uh, their fun fact of the day was that Richard Nixon never actually fired the director of the FBI. He uh, he only fired the uh, the special prosecutor who was looking into his case. Um, the only person in recent memory who has fired the director of the FBI is Bill Clinton. And when he was speaking about this, his decision to fire uh, the attorney, uh, the uh, director of the FBI at the time, uh, William Sessions was his name. He was at pains to point out that it was not a political decision. And here's what he said when he fired him in 93. Do you think that this will in any way uh, create the impression that the FBI is being politicized? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, uh, that's one of the reasons we have taken the amount of time that we have. The attorney general, when, when she took office, was asked by me to review this matter. Both of us agreed that in the normal course of events, the director of the FBI should not be changed just because administrations change, even when, perhaps even especially when, there's a change of political party in the White House. So the Attorney General was very deliberate, very thorough in this, and I think has gone out of her way to avoid the appearance of political impropriety. Okay, ask Clinton. Mm. But, but it, Trump's firing is political. Well, this is exactly the point. It, that question that was asked by that reporter asking... Uh, Bill Clinton there, could essentially have been asked of Trump yesterday if anybody had come out and defended him. There was a report in Politico yesterday that said that he was actually not, the the entire White House was not fully prepared for how much of a backlash this was going to get. Their general, I suppose, feedback on it had been that realistically Democrats didn't like him because of what happened to Hillary, didn't like Comey because of his treatment of the investigation and Republicans weren't that pushed on him either. So it was a win-win if they got rid of him Maybe they, you know, brush over everything that went on and nobody's going to kick up that much of a fuss. And he was actually surprised then when he called Senate uh, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and said to him, 
I'm going to fire Comey. And, Sh- and Schumer said back to him, you're making a very big mistake here because this is just, it, it looks, the timing is suspicious. Even the Republican leader of the Senate's Intelligence Committee said the timing of this looks suspicious. Right, that's all because of Russia. But I mean, we don't know much about Russia. We don't know what what Trump might be trying to avoid. But he can fire the director, but he can't burn the files. So the next director of the FBI, even if he's a Trump activist, if he comes in, he can't ignore the files. The files will remain there. We don't know what's in the file, but the files will remain there. Now, it's interesting you play a a piece by Clinton. Uh, What did Trump say? Trump had been speaking... It might surprise you to learn that Trump has gone back and forth on this issue and not really made up his mind on it. So, Throughout the entire campaign, Trump had spoken about Comey's decision. This was part of the reason that Comey was fired in the first place. The letter that Trump sent said one, very strangely, that Comey had said to him in three separate occasions that it wasn't Trump who was under investigation which raises further questions because why would Jim Comey offer that information to somebody while the investigation is ongoing? And secondly, he the the three pages reasoning behind why he was fired pointed that his conference, his press conference in July, where he announced that they wouldn't be seeking prosecution against Clinton, and then reopening the investigation with another press conference was just unprecedented from an FBI director. That he made, that James Comey himself made the position political by doing those things All in right, the media well, spotlight. Presumably, we're going to hear uh, yeah. President Trump on this issue, but there is one point here for someone like me who's. You know, okay, I'm in the media, but I'm still a pretty average guy in relation to what happens in America, unlike you, who's an expert. Comey has never sounded like the real McCoy as director of the FBI. Would you buy that? I'm not sure I would necessarily buy that, but in his testimony last week, he'd certainly sounded like he was playing up his role in the decision-making process and playing up how much of a an emotional and all this type of thing yeah. it was. And that's not what the FBI director should be doing was, yeah, at all. Yeah, correct. I thought that was very unimpressive. I actually thought he was incredibly unimpressive as a director of FBI in his testimony. It all sounded very good as a human being, like I'm all emotional and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but that's he said not, it made him nauseous, the th- thought yeah, that he had an yeah, effect yeah, on the election. Yeah. I but, don't think even J. Edgar Hoover would have gone to that next. Have no. we got anything on Trump here? Yeah, Donald Trump during the campaign came back and forth on Comey. So here he is actually giving a lot of praise to Comey during the campaign. And I have to give the FBI credit. That was so bad what happened originally, and it took guts for Director Comey to make the move that he made in light of the kind of opposition he had where they're trying to protect her from criminal prosecution. As you know, the FBI, and I give them a lot of credit because they're fighting forces that they're not supposed to be fighting. I really disagreed with him. I was not his fan, but I'll tell you what. What he did, he brought back his reputation. He brought it back. He's got to hang tough because there's a lot of, lot of people want him to do the wrong thing. What he did was the right thing. <laughs> I mean, look, well, you and I could be here for a long time talking about this. This is, this is all over the place. Um, but what I, what I think is more worrying, and it's for Irish people, like something like the director of the FBI, it'll be on most news programs and newspapers or whatever. Why is the Flynn thing, who is Flynn, mm. and why is it essentially under our media radar? Essentially, the this all goes back to, and, and Sally Yates, who was the attorney general that he fired when he came in early into office as well, 
Uh, Who was the Democrat appointee? Yeah, but uh, he she he'd only been in office about you know two weeks or a week when he yeah. when he eventually fired her. This is all to do with General Michael Flynn and Russia. So what happened? In a conversation between Obama and Donald Trump when they met a couple of days after the election, Obama apparently said to him, look, do not hire General Michael Flynn as your security advisor, national security advisor. He is in trouble. Uh, I hired him and I fired him as well. Um, So apparently, according to uh, reports, what Trump thought was Obama was joking. Um, which was not really, not really the purpose of their of their meeting. And then there's a bit of a, a bit of a timeline that that Sally Yates kind of outlined, or or outlines why perhaps Sally Yates was fired beyond the reasoning that was given of her blocking of the of the Muslim ban. That she was investigating Flynn and Flynn's connection with Russia. Flynn essentially attended a dinner for RT, which is that Russia Today, formerly known as Russia Today, and spoke there and got about forty five thousand for that. There are a couple of other speeches where he got money from. Companies connected with Russia. Therefore, a person who was influencing the president on national matters of national security was in a position where they could be leveraged by the Russians who had well, this he, information on because he did not declare it during that's his clearances. The point, yeah. He it, didn't declare it. He got a ton of money yeah. from Russia. And this was the reason that Jeff Sessions, who, by the way, an interesting point is Jeff Sessions was involved in this. Reports suggesting that Jeff Sessions was involved in coming up with reasons why they should fire Comey. Jeff Sessions, who has recused himself from the Russia investigation. Now, the man who has recused himself from the Russia investigations, trying to come up with reasons to fire the person who's leading the Russia investigations, certainly is not a good look, I would have said, for a president who's already under quite a bit of pressure. But the thing about Sally Yates is, on November 10th, they had this meeting Trump thought Obama was kidding about not hiring Flynn. On the 26th of January, Yates comes to Flynn and warns that he's compromised, that your national security advisor, somebody who is giving you information, can be influenced. Their decisions can be influenced because they could essentially be blackmailed. The 27th of January, she comes back and says the same thing again. And on January 30th, Trump fires her over the Muslim ban. Now, that timescale looks very suspicious. But then in due course, Flynn goes. Flynn goes. Flynn doesn't go for another two weeks. When a, on, on, when a story eventually breaks in the Washington Post and the New York Times that he had been taking this money and had not declared it. So where's Flynn now Flynn, in this whole deal? Has he been investigated or what's going on? There's, <coughs> there, pardon me, there's investigations underway. There's subpoenas issued in a grand jury essentially to find out whether or not there's a there's full investigation of people related to Flynn. So Flynn was fired because of these connections. Flynn was then also, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about this, saying that he would testify for immunity. That was not very welcome by either side. Neither side wants to give him immunity to testify. So he is also going to be in quite a bit of a a, a bother here. And Whether or not he decides to speak, Comey could also decide to speak. He was due to speak before an intelligence committee later this week. He might also speak about all this. So what happened to bring it all, boil it down to one central point is Donald Trump is furious about this Russia narrative that he can't seem to quash the Russia narrative. He thought firing Comey would do it and all it has done is pushed all this back straight up to the to- okay. to the surface again. Now have we been hearing from Sally Yates, the former Attorney General, have we? We did indeed. Now she is a, a rather remarkable person. She dealt with Senator Ted Cruz uh, in her hearing. <clears throat> Ted Cruz tried to catch her out essentially by quoting this statute that said that the president had full uh, decision-making power over what sort of aliens, illegal aliens, foreigners could get into the this country. This is on the issue of the Muslim ban. This is on the issue of the Muslim oh, ban okay. and accused her essentially of being partisan. 
she hit back and fairly well took care of Ted Cruz, put him in his place. And in this particular instance, particularly where we were talking about a fundamental issue of religious freedom, not the interpretation of some arcane statute, but religious freedom, it was appropriate for us to look at the intent behind the president's actions. And the intent is laid out in his statement. Final, very, very brief question. Mm -hmm. In the over 200 years of the Department of Justice history, are you aware of any instance in which the Department of Justice has formally approved the legality of a policy and three days later the Attorney General has directed the Department not to follow that policy and to defy that policy? I'm not, but I'm also not aware of a situation where the Office of Legal Counsel was advised not to tell the Attorney General about it until after it was over. Uh. That's that's her putting Ted, Clue, Ted Cruz fairly firmly in his place. There's a, a very long five to ten minute exchange where she 100% gets the better of Ted Cruz. But wow. the important thing is during this whole process, Trump tweeted out that uh, Sally Yates should be asked under oath if she knows how classified information got into the newspapers soon after he explained, she explained it to White House counsel. Now, a representative of uh, California, I believe, Ted Liu, who's formerly a judge, said that this more or less looked a little bit like intimidating a witness, that Trump was suggesting that if this had leaked and it was her, that he would be able to use it against her if she said something bad about him. So the whole Russia thing, even though he's furious about how he keeps coming up and nobody seems to be defending him, he's making it worse himself by all the actions that he's taking. Firing Comey is going to be another I, one. To close, healthcare? Healthcare... This was a, had it not been for Comey, this is probably what we would have talked about all week. And part of the reason I think that he fired Comey was to brush over Sally Yates' testimony too. But the healthcare bill, they finally got through a healthcare bill with a couple of amendments and essentially it allows states to opt out of some pre-existing conditions. Now there's been a lot of coverage of covering some pre-existing commissions. So there's been a lot of coverage of this in liberal left outlets that suggest that uh, all of a sudden all these things such as uh, being a victim of sexual assault or, or things like that are going to become pre-existing conditions under that. That's not 100% true. Post-traumatic stress disorder might have become a pre-existing com condition. But the way that this is going to play is the CBO, the, we talked about this, Central Budget Office, who are non-partisan, they just run the numbers and they will say how much this is going to cost the economy. The Republicans have gone this through without a CBO score. And as it turns out, is this audio clip of a reporter from NBC asking many of the members of Congress who were going to vote for this bill without even having read it. Have you read the bill? Um, Concerned about voting on this bill? Congressman, have you read the health care bill? Morning, Congressman. Have you had time to read the health care bill? Oh, we're still working on it. Gentlemen, have you read this bill, Congressman? Congressman, have you read the bill? No, we're in a hurry. We'll be back. Congressman, have you read the health care bill? That's an awful lot of people who are walking past to vote on something that they don't know what it contains. And not only do they not, not know what it contains, they're not sure of what effect it will have on the economy. But, but hold a while. I'm sure like Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil TDs have walked to the voting lobby without reading something as well. But not for something that would dominate. The American healthcare, American healthcare industry is one-sixth of the entire American economy. And you're going to vote on that without having read what's in it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the slightest. In fact, it's a criticism of politicians. But you're going to get a budget in October uh, in Ireland, which will affect uh, the country hugely. Mm. And, and, uh, and the government TDs are going to walk through the lobby irrespective. They are. And they're probably, but that's the way politics works. That is the way politics works. But when it's something this... It's a this, thing called a three-line whip. 
Well, it's <laughs> pretty much. But when there's something this emotive, especially considering that they had to push it to the right, yeah. the House Freedom Caucus are these bunch of people who are in the House, and their whole purpose is to essentially say no to everything. This is the first time they've ever had to do anything with regard to governing, and they wanted it to go as far to the right as possible. There's just one tiny, yeah. tiny thing. The original score for the first bill was that about 24 million people would lose healthcare. This looks like it's probably going to be 14 million. That's still a huge number and what they're going to play it as is, look, this is much better than it's the last bill. It's a huge number. That's a huge number it's of people. It's 14 million out of 300 million. 14, not... 14 million people who didn't have healthcare and now can can survive. All right, we'll All wait right. and see. I'm not, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, I'm just part of the freedom caucus. <laughs> before before we go, before we do talk we, we do talk about healthcare a lot. Now I know you like bounties. See if this passes the Ingrid test. This is a high protein bounty, George. <laughs> <laughs> this is healthcare for me well, to you. <laughs> I, I I talked to my dermatologist this morning, and she told me that I shouldn't lose any more weight. So Perfect. maybe I should go back on high protein bounty. I'll check it out with the lovely Ingrid tonight. Well, there you have it. Our uh, now dietetic expert, Adrian Collins, but he actually earns his daily bread by looking at the White House for me. It's unprecedented. Your weekly podcast available on iTunes.